Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. And uh, as we read to you earlier in the show, and this is from the New York Post, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis making news. Um, and it's being alleged that she had an improper relationship with the married special prosecutor who assisted in securing the Georgia grand jury indictment against former President Donald Trump, a co-defendant in the election interference case alleged Monday. There was also another story. And again, this is Nick Arema, who has been nonstop as far as pumping out these stories today that actually added another layer to this. And, um, I'll fill you in on it in just a little bit here after we go to some calls for Toby. But this was a weird update on the Fulton County story that could make matters even worse. If it's true, could make matters even worse for Fannie Willis and her uh, alleged lover. We will get to all of that. It's 844-500-4242. But of course, we're very excited because we're joined today by Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. Toby, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Grace. Love being here with you every uh, week. And congratulations on three years. It went by quick. It did, Toby. It went by very quickly. Thanks to um, thanks to you, and thanks to so many of our great guests and our callers, uh, Toby. I wanted to start today, and you know, I'm going to try my best. I will if when people start calling in here, I will go to the callers. But you know, I like to get a few of my own questions answered as well. Um, this was from Reuters. It said U.S. appeals court prevents California from banning guns in most public places. So we actually talked about this, Toby, the last time you were on, but the stories are popping up again now so so this is just not working even in california this is not passing the smell test for a lot of these courts right no you're 100 percent right when we talked last time the court had filed for an injunction to prevent um the day on this from becoming law and uh rob bonta thought an emergency uh, he basically uh, filed, you know, filed an emergency appeal to the Ninth Circuit, and now um, the, I think it was a three judge or the panel that reversed the initial decision and have granted the stay on this. So now this law has it went into effect, and now it's not into effect. So <laughs> it was uh, basically um, Gavin Newsom's attempt to basically. Uh, make it impossible to carry a gun for personal protection in the state of California in any public place. And uh, they have really seized on the language from the, uh, the Bruin decision, which came down a uh, couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. And there was something in that the majority opinion said that government can 
restrict the carrying of guns in sensitive places. But then it went on to say, but you can't just call blanket swaths of land or areas as sensitive places. It was very specific to like a, a airport or a school or something like that. But it, it did not. It said you can't say all of Staten Island or all of Manhattan is a sensitive place. And so they have, you know, basically tried to push that envelope on that. And California has made it illegal to um, carry a gun in lots of public places. And so thankfully, a level headed judge um, has stepped in and said, nope, you can't do that. Um based on the Bruin decision, which you're trying to use to your advantage here. And uh, so it's really good that it's, it's happened. Um, I don't know if it's the last word we're going to hear on it. I think that either the en banc panel of the Ninth Circuit, which is traditionally very anti-gun, um, as we mentioned last week, I don't think they've ever supported uh, gun ownership against government overreach in the form of a law in the state of California. Um, so, you know, they love gun control in the state of California and the ninth circuit court of appeals has really, uh, pushed the envelope on that. So I hope that, um, we will see, um, that changed uh, or sustained. I, I should say, obviously it'll eventually work its way up to the Supreme court, but that, that is, time and money and effort and energy that we shouldn't have to be subject to as lawful gun owners in America. You know, there's one real interesting point about that whole argument of government banning the carrying of guns in what they deem sensitive places. Kentucky did this very well, Grace, and I think this should become, this should get clarified by the legislature that if government wants to deem any place a sensitive location and ban the carrying of guns, then government should step in and ensure the safety of the people that they just disarmed. So if they want to say you can't carry a gun at a school, you just disarmed teachers and staff that work at that school. Therefore, it is government's job to ensure the safety of the people who go to that building. That might include in installing metal detectors. It might include having armed security or armed uh, guards on staff in order to do that. When you go to the Boston Garden and you go to a Bruins game, guess what? They disarm you, but you pass through metal detectors and there's a huge police presence and there's private security working the crowds and the cameras. They're, they're there to ensure your safety so that when you are disarmed, you're not, you know, you're not going to be threatened by some psychopath who wants to go kill innocent people. And that's the way that should work. Anytime they want to deem someplace a sensitive place and disarm the public from being able to defend themselves, then it's government's responsibility to ensure their safety. And they need to do it not just by a sign hanging on the door. They need to do it with hardening the target, making armed officials or guards or police or security at their disposal so that they can ensure the safety of the people. And that's why the gun-free zones have failed so miserably in this country and why 90% of all mass shootings occur in a gun-free zone is because they know there's no metal detectors, it's not a harder target, and there's no armed response going to be there. It's going to be shooting fish in the barrel, which is exactly what cowards want. 
So hopefully we can learn from this and we can uh, choose to um, not, uh, you know, go down the same flawed road and bad of bad logic and reason and uh, somehow think that a sign is going to save us by saying gun free zone or, you know, it, it, it's insane. And we do this constantly and expect different results. So hopefully we'll learn from this and uh, ultimately the Supreme Court will uphold this lower court's decision to stay this law from going into effect. Yeah, and that's California, Toby. We have more news to get to as far as what's going on in Maine. Uh, as you know, we have a lot of Maine listeners, and I want to give people an update on that. But I, I want to take a break here. We're going to end this segment early, so we have plenty of time for your questions. It's 844-500-4242. When we come back, Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks can answer any of your questions regarding the Second Amendment, um, regarding a specific kind of gun, or if you are interested in going to the range. If you want to debate him, that is happened on here before we're open to all sorts of opinions so you can feel free to do that as well but we will get to your calls when we come back in the past couple of years alone close to 50 satisfied grace listeners have allowed jj manning auctioneers to sell their valuable real estate assets quickly contingency free and for the highest price the market will pay don't stress i think moving selling your property can be one of the most stressful things people do in their lives but not if you do it right. If you use J.J. Manning, then the process is the easiest it can be because they have a recipe. They have an approach that has worked for them for decades. Since 1976, J.J. Manning's project-based approach of selling real estate has generated positive results for individuals, families, builders, companies, banks, estates, and more. And like I said, close to 50 of my listeners have tried J.J. Manning auctioneers, and they've had huge success for going this route. You set the sale date and you have one consolidated open house. So you're not getting the call at 11 o'clock, you know, while you're at work. Hey, can we bring somebody by at four? Do you think you could have the house ready? Can you make sure everything's clean? You get to get it all done in one try. J.J. Manning sellers are not left out in the cold. You're part of the process. They want to work with you and make sure you're in the loop and in the know and that you feel good about what you're doing. You don't leave here and think, did I get the most money I could? Did I do the right thing? You're going to have that peace of mind of knowing you were with the right company, that you made the right call, and that you got all the money you possibly could. You set the terms, as I said, you sell contingency free, the buyer pays all commission. I mean, that's a perfect recipe. And with their 30-30 marketing plan, you've got 30 days of advertising and 30 days to close. So there's no haggling, no changes to your deal, no stress. To learn more on how to get your commercial, residential, or land sold quickly, contact Charlie Gill at 800-521-0111. Or if you prefer online, you can go to jjmanning.com. That's 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com and get your real estate sold. I see people on the lines. We are going to get right back to your calls after the break. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. All righty, right to the callers we go for Toby Leary. Let's start with Will. You are first up today with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Will. Hey, how are you doing? 
Um, I have a question on long-term gun storage. I've got a safe full of guns in my basement. The area has a dehumidifier to keep moisture down, and I just don't go shooting that often. Once a year or so, I pull them out of the safe, oil them down, work the action, check for any kind of corrosion, and wipe them down and put them back. I don't know if I should be doing anything else or if that's adequate. Well, when you do that, Will, do you see any type of surface rust starting to develop? I have never seen any rust showing up, no. Okay. Then I would say what you're doing is great because a lot of times, and it's happened to me, uh, that that safe in the basement, especially come summertime, moisture ends up condensing in the basement because it's cooler. And so all the moisture in the house and everything else just kind of migrates to the basement and it ends up attacking people's guns pretty vigorously. And it's happened to me even like you pull a gun out in the fall and go, ah, what happened? And it's got this film of uh, surface rust starting to develop. Usually it's not deep to pit the gun in any way, shape or form, but you got to get on it really quick. But if you're taking them out every year, kind of re-oiling them, that's probably a really good way to go. You can also get um, a dehumidification rod that goes right in the safe. There's usually a hole in the back of a safe up high where you can thread a uh, like a lamp cord through or a plug and a cord through, and you can put these uh, dehumidifying rods that you just plug into the wall, and then you have to you just forget about it. You don't really have to worry so much about them. But I would still recommend you do what you said you were doing, take them out and re-oil them, re-examine them. Some people like to put them in a silicon cloth, which keeps that, uh, you know, moisture from building up on the gun itself. I don't like that because I've seen those dry out and then the cloth itself, I've seen it kind of stick to the gun and create some weird like pattern or texture. You can see like the knitting of that cloth etched into the gun a little bit and it takes a lot of work to get it out. So um, keep doing what you're doing, Will. Uh, that seems to be working great for you. All right. Thank you, Will. Let's go to Kate. You're next up with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Kate. Hey, Toby. Wondering with the pending changes for the Massachusetts gun laws um, and the assault-style weapons or firearms, mm-hmm. what would be the best way if I maybe perhaps have something like this to transfer it to myself in New Hampshire where I have a residence so that no longer appeals to be a firearm living in Massachusetts. Yeah. The good news for you, if you have a place in New Hampshire, you can literally just bring it there. There's really nothing you need to do to transfer it because you own the gun. It's not like a transfer took place by you taking your gun across state lines and to your property. So there's literally nothing you have to do. However, I would say that it's unnecessary to actually get the guns out of the state based on the latest iteration of the legislation. We'll see what the Senate comes up with, but um, there is a, they call it a grandfathering provision, but I don't see it that way as it's written in the proposed legislation. It's more of you can keep it if you have it type of thing. Um, A true grandfathering provision would mean you could keep it and continue to sell it and sell it to a gun store or a private sale to somebody else. So uh, with all that being said, um, they did take out the language that would mean you had to either surrender it, turn it in, destroy it, or sell it out of state. So now you can continue to own it as long as uh, you owned it prior to the date of 
you know, effect when the law goes into effect, which is going to be if the Senate does their job and and this goes into law, it'll be sometime in like August or September. So I would say um, don't feel like you got to ship them out of state yet. But if you end up making that call, that's up to you. You can just simply bring them there. You don't have to do anything else. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Kate, for the question. Um, Let's go. And just so people know, if you didn't get on the first time, I know we had full lines. You keep trying because the lines open up. It's 844-500-4242. Let's go to Charlie. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Charlie. Hi, Grace. Hi, Toby. How are you? Good. What's going on? Very good. Thank you, Joe. Um, Toby, I wanted to um, do a couple couple things. Um, If you had any update about the court case for the mass uh, handgun roster and uh, if um, the state was going to put out a, a revised one um, anytime soon. And uh, one last thing on a lighter note, um, if, if you ever saw a YouTube channel called Autumn's Armory, um, it's about yeah, a yeah. year old girl that could outshoot anybody. It's hysterical. And, um, yeah, she's, she's great. Uh, I love that channel. They also have a Instagram page, um, and I think she's a lot older than that now. She's probably 16 or 17, but right around the time her Instagram came out, my daughter was doing competitive shooting, and I said, hey, if she can do it, you can do it, and uh, we started a uh, YouTube channel for my daughter, but uh, she she didn't want to be in the limelight that to that extent, but that girl uh, has some great videos uh, out there, so yeah, good plug for that, Rick. Um, also, the approved firearms roster, I haven't seen any updates uh, proposed. And let's put it this way. The state, you know, stocks at putting out notices about the gun control advisory board roster additions and recommendations. If you go on the state website, the last update was on 620 2021 uh, and we've had several updates since then, but they don't even tell you what they're looking at, what they're, what's pending, what's been recommended by the, it's called the GCAB, GCAB, the Gun Control Advisory Board. And so we're always in the dark. I know some people who serve on the Gun Control Advisory Board every once in a while. I'll ask them like, hey, what's coming down the pipeline? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, do you really not know? Or are you just telling us? Uh, this because you are sworn to secrecy. No, I haven't heard anything. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. The state is required four times a year to meet and approve guns that have been sent for testing. And the problem is it gets done twice a year if we're lucky. Um, And this is another huge problem with a lot of the gun control that's been proposed in H4139. It creates new boards, new uh, recommendations, new guidelines, new record-keeping requirements, new, uh, you know, dates on which they have to get back to us for certain restrictions and classes and all that. And the point is they never do it. They never do it in the amount of time that they're required to do it by state law. And the funny thing is, on the flip side of the coin, Rick, is every rule and law that's proposed that impacts you and I comes with a severe penalty for a violation of that rule, including fines, potential jail time, loss of license, loss of privileges. But guess what? 
We'll, we'll, we'll come right back to this, Toby, so stay on the line. Don't go anywhere, everybody. More questions for Toby Leary when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. We have... Plenty of time for you to get on the lines and talk to Toby Leary. It's 844-500-4242. But before we go back to Toby, I have two stories I want to give you an update on. Um, As far as Lloyd Austin goes, we talked a lot yesterday about how he was out and it was it was very strange. He didn't really let the proper channels know that he would be out of commission. He had an elective surgery and then there was a complication and he was in the hospital. And the second in command was actually on vacation in Puerto Rico. Well, according to the reports that I'm seeing now, Lloyd Austin has prostate cancer. I have read that his prognosis is excellent, that it's very that his case, um, it looks good for him. We're very happy to hear that. Um, And any criticism, I just want to point this out, any criticism that was that was thrown out that I saw yesterday had nothing to do with. Lloyd Austin or uh, as far it definitely had to do with Lloyd Austin but Lloyd Austin's health it was more so about the fact that he did not follow the proper protocols and if you are someone who is in that kind of position then you are supposed to that's where the criticism came from we didn't even spend a lot of time Jared speculating yesterday about what it might be because that wasn't really to us the story the story is that if you are going to be out of your job for a few days you have to let people know Um, but I just wanted to say on the show that I'm very happy to hear that his prognosis is good and um, that he's going to be okay. I would have never thought that prostate cancer is getting something done as far as that goes would be considered elective. But then again, I don't know that much about these things. Um, So yeah, makes sense that I wouldn't have thought that. Um, Okay, next up, another uh, little update for you here. As far as the Fanny Willis case goes, I wanted to highlight a really important part of this story. We talked about how the prosecutor in this case is an alleged romantic partner of DA Fanny Willis of Fulton County. Um, but there's another important part, and I would say a, a more uh, damaging part of this story, if it's true. It says, this is from the Daily Caller, Nathan Wade, the alleged romantic partner of Democratic District Attorney Fanny Willis of Fulton County, was hired by Willis to be a special prosecutor in the case of Georgia versus Trump. After his appointment as a special prosecutor, Wade met with officials of the White House's counsel's office on May 23rd and November 18th, 2022, during Willis's investigation of Trump and several months prior to his indictment, according to billing records including included in a motion to disqualify Wade from the case. In both cases, Wade billed the district attorney's office $2,000 for eight hours of work regarding his meetings with the White House counsel's office. That is a huge, huge problem for this entire case and specifically for Fannie Willis. Uh, I know later on today uh, how he's going to read off some of Trump's true socials, but he is, and it's hard to blame him, he's taking a well-deserved victory lap when it comes to how crooked this case allegedly is. Um, We will talk about that more with Howie during the crossover, but let's go back to the calls here for Toby Leary. Let's go to Dave. You're next up with Toby. Go ahead, Dave. Hello, this Hi. is Dave. How are you doing? I'm um, good, Dave. What's going on? 
Um, I had a question for Toby. He was talking about being at the Boston Garden and the protection that they give you there. My question is, how do I protect myself to and from the Boston Garden? I travel like 13 miles, go to a restaurant prior to the game, um, go to the game where it's protected, where I can't carry, but then I come back to that restaurant, a restaurant that actually had an assassination in it like 30, 35 years ago. That was, it was, I don't know if it was mob or gang related, but it was, you know, that was specific. But it's in an area that has high crime. How do I protect myself to and from? And I know it's, I don't believe it's legal to leave a gun in a vehicle in Massachusetts. And that's my question. Yeah, no, that's a great question, Rick. And uh, the good news is it is legal to leave a gun in the car if it's properly locked and stored. It has to be unloaded and locked in a way that the gun can't be accessed by unauthorized individuals. So I would highly recommend you get some sort of lockbox with a tether um, that you can wrap around the seat or something underneath the seat or something so that somebody couldn't just smash and grab the gun. They would have to have extra equipment. But if you go through the trouble of locking it up in some sort of lockbox, that would, that would be adequate. So I would recommend you just, um, you know, unload the gun, put it in a box, strap it in the, you know, around the seat or in the center console or permanently mounted or buy a, a permanently mounted vehicle safe for, for that purpose. But yeah, it, it does present a problem. I tell the story a lot, um, to friends and family or whatever, anyone who wants to listen, but I have legally carried a gun and, <laughs> Gillette Stadium, uh, the Garden, and Fenway Park all prior to 9-11 when, um, you know, they basically I just had to show my LTC and they'd write down my seat number and, and make a note of where I was. And But all bets are off now. That's that's a thing of the past. So, um, it, you know, I haven't been able to do that since. So, uh, unfortunately, they do make it, you know, harder to defend yourself to and from the game. Uh, but, you know, you just got to weigh the options and weigh the, the risk versus reward, the benefit of going to a game versus the potential risk. Uh, the good news is in a very public place in a lot of the areas around these venues, I don't think there's that much of a threat. I'm not saying it could never happen, but um, as long as you're in a very public place, I think you're okay. And obviously we, we can't carry a gun everywhere. So uh, taking a self-defense mindset is more important than always having a gun on us because having a gun can sometimes lull us into a false sense of security. I think we need to be vigilant and, uh, you know, refuse to be a victim in whatever condition we find ourselves in. So, uh, yeah, just be cautious and don't do anything stupid, Rick. And I think you'll be fine. So hopefully that, uh, answers your question, but that's, that's the best answer I got on that subject. All right. Thank you, Dave. Um, We're going to do the poll question here. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nauset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view room, go to NaussetBeachInn.com. That's NaussetBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is what percentage chance do you give Michelle Obama running for president in 2024? 0 to 25, 25 to 50, 50 to 75, or 75 to 100. I'm going to go 0 to 25. That is in the lead at 57%. 
16 percent for 25 to 50 and 50 to 75 12 percent say 75 to 100 percent chance and and toby since we're talking about the upcoming presidential election i know that i well i can assume that if it came down to biden versus trump which is looking the most likely here that you're going to be a trump guy but you've also been fairly critical of uh, trump when it comes to the second amendment is there anything that you're hoping he'll do differently this time around if he if he gets back into the white house yeah, I, I really would like to see him take a, a zero tolerance approach to any and all gun control and realize and recognize that um, regulating guns is not the answer, um, putting criminals in jail. And I think he does a phenomenal job about the law and order type of president that he is. Like we're a nation of laws and, you know, he, he speaks very tough against illegal uh, activity and would like to see more of that, like punish criminals for their for their actions, but, um, you know, leave lawful gun owners alone and don't think that some tossing a, throwing a bone to the, um, anti-gun advocates out there is at all going to help us in the long run. It's not, it's just going to, um, wet their appetite, which is insatiable for gun control. And, you know, it's just another step closer to their end goal of total disarmament and, making gun guns illegal. So um, don't play that game. Be a steadfast supporter of the Second Amendment. His kids are very good. Don Jr., Eric, they're both staunch supporters of the Second Amendment. And uh, don't play the game where, like, you can give, you can sacrifice certain things because they're not popular on the altar of, uh, you know, gun control so that you can somehow placate their their non-stop uh insatiable appetite for gun control yeah i think that's um that's very reasonable uh toby can you let people know where they can follow you where they can find you on social media where they can actually visit you in person at cape gunworks we still have a lot of people on the lines but we're going to wrap it up here uh toby let people know where they can get more information about you yeah of course thanks grace um you can go to capegunworks.com and check out all of the stuff we have going on at the shop, the classes, the upcoming events. We have ladies night. We have girls with a gun. We have date night on Friday. We have all kinds of different classes and competitions. We have an AR-15 build class coming up. Uh, so you can go check out our calendar for all of that. You can shop online. would love it if you come down and visit us at Cape Gunworks. We're on Airport Road in Hyannis, and we'll show you around. You can take a class or shoot on our range and shop in our shop. Uh, we also have rapid fire radio, which is a two hour weekly show, which is now going to become a three hour weekly show. Grace, some breaking news here. Uh, I'll be doing a show on Sunday from noon to one on WXDK, the, uh, your affiliate down on the Cape. And, uh, so I'll be doing rapid fire on the weekend from 12 to one. I'd love it if you tune in and listen to that. Um, and you can always find our work at rapidfireradio.us and listen live whenever go sign up and we'll be, you'll, you'll be notified whenever we go live. But what would help us the most is if everybody just finds us on social media at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio and follows us, likes, subscribes, shares, and comments on our posts. That'll help us defeat the evil algorithm that tries to keep us down week in and week out and keep good content from getting out to the masses. So I appreciate being here each and every week. Once again, congratulations on three years.
Thank you very much, Toby. And we'll talk to you again next week. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to you Howie Carr. There's so much going on. I'm going to ask him about the Fannie Willis situation. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, according to a lot of reports, allegedly had an affair with a prosecutor on the Trump case. And that's not all. This prosecutor met with the White House counsel at one point, which also throws the Biden administration into the mix. How we got the flu shot um, and then he came down with the flu. The mailroom manager came down with RSV. Staff and clients have gotten COVID. And that's all just within the last couple of weeks. So it's been a little bit of a rough patch here. Winter has just begun and you need to be ready for any of these viruses and so much more. That's why you want the emergency med kit from the wellness company. The emergency med kit has eight potentially life-saving medications to fight COVID, bronchitis, pneumonia, nausea, and so much more. You don't want to lose a week or two to any of these illnesses, especially if you can help it, if you can avoid it. So don't get caught not being able to see your doctor to obtain the medications you need to nip a bad virus in the bud. You want to be ready, you want to be prepared, and you want to attack whatever this virus is that you get as soon as possible. There have been medication supply chain issues before, we know that, and that's another reason why you need the emergency med kit from the wellness company. So don't get caught unprepared. Keep the wellness company's medical emergency kit in your medicine cabinet or even take it with you on vacation. Keep it in your car. After your purchase, you will complete a clinical intake form. And once approved, your medical emergency kit will be shipped right to your doorstep. So what's in it? This medical emergency kit has eight prescription medications inside a compact and convenient box. It's like having a pharmacy in your bathroom. Antibiotics, antivirals, uh, antiparasitics. It has things like amoxicillin, ivermectin, z things that you know you will need. It comes with a 22-page guidebook with instructions on safe use for every medication in the box. Everything from the benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events, it has every scenario covered, which means you'll have every scenario covered as well. And it's like having a doctor in a box. Order today at twc.health slash curly. Use code curly10 for 10% off. So that's twc.health slash curly. And then you're going to use code curly10. Curly in the number 10 if you want to get an additional 10% off, which is a really great deal. We'll be right back with more. This is The Grace Curly Show. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is The Grace Curly Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And now it's time for the car crossover, which is brought to you by Tux Trucks. Fisher plow season is on at Tux Trucks, GMC, and Hudson Mass. I bet a lot of people wish they had a plow this past weekend. Tux ordered more plows and spreaders this year to meet the demand so you can be prepared for the next storm for residential, commercial, and municipal snow plowing. See Tux Trucks, your Fisher plow distributor. Call 1-800-MY-TRUCK. Join 
joining us now is Howie Carr, and we are going to talk about the Fannie Willis of it all. But first, Howie, I wanted your reaction to news from Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. He put out a tweet that said, the Fifth Circuit has sided with us in our lawsuit against Joe Biden's Department of Energy, stating that it is unclear how or why the Department of Energy thinks it has any authority to regulate water use in dishwashers and washing machines. So this is a win, Howie, for the far right nuts like us who had a feeling they were coming for our washing machines. Yes. I mean, it's bad enough you had to uh, go on the black market to buy toilets. You know, (laughs) did you really want to have to go on the black market to buy washing machines, to buy dryers, to buy dishwashers? I mean, they they were out for everything. They're just out to to uh, to make uh, everyone's lives a little less uh, pleasant. Yeah, and I always when whenever I hear this, Howie, I think of I don't know if it was you or the mailroom manager who asked your dad what was the biggest you know change that he saw because he lived a, a very long time, wasn't he? Yes. Like, a, didn't he live past a hundred? And. Yes. 103. Tomorrow would be his 119th birthday. Oh, oh, very cool. And he actually said the washing machine. And for a lot of people, this was a huge deal. And now it seems like we're going backwards. No, I, I know. I, you know, when he said that, I couldn't believe it. But then I, you know, I saw the old pictures of the movies, you know, you know, washboards. That's a, you know, people know the word washboard, but they don't know what you did. I mean, you put this thing in water, in a, in a, in a, in a bucket of water, and then you would scrape, basically scrape the clothes on the washboard to get them clean. I mean, talk about bad Work. There's you know? only one time I've ever seen that, Howie, and it was in Willy Wonka. The mom had one of those in the scene before the golden ticket. Um, Howie, switching gears here really quickly. I know you're going to talk about this a lot, and people have been dying to hear your take. Georgia DA Fannie Willis had a fair with prosecutor on Trump case, according to this lawsuit. This is from the New York Post. Um, what do you make of this, Howie? And what do you make of the second part of this, that Nathan Wade, who was the attorney here, that he actually at one point met with the White House? Twice. Twice, yes. Grace. He met with the White House, and, and he, uh, he he put it down for eight hours. I don't know if that includes <laughs> the plane fare or not, but he met with the White House twice. So this there's obviously some kind of uh, uh, either bill padding or uh, or, or uh, collaboration collusion between the uh, the the DA and uh, you know and and the uh, and the White House. This is I, I think this is really big news. No, I I totally agree with you. And I think for Donald Trump, you know that expression, like just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean I'm not being followed. Donald Trump in a lot of these cases, yes, is he paranoid, but he's he's being and Joe Borelli said this earlier, the New York City Councilman, in a lot of these cases, he's being proven correct. Absolutely. And, uh, you you know, he said earlier last uh, summer, he said, oh, she had an affair with a rapper or something that she was prosecuting or that she was defending. I guess he got I guess he got the guys confused. I don't know if this guy Wade is a rapper, too. And maybe that's what he was talking about. But they were they were going on cruises together. The guy was in. And on top of everything else, he was a married guy. So, you know, you could say uh, Fanny Willis, her father was a Black Panther and uh, she graduated to being a homewrecker. But boy, have you taken a look at Fannie Willis? That guy Wade made his money the hard way, I'll tell you. Howie Carr has got this and so much more coming up next. You are not going to want to miss it. Um, the number is 844-500-4242. And Howie just brought up the amount of money that was being spent. Howie, maybe you found it before I did, but do we have like an itemized list yet of what they were spending their money on? Well, yeah, they, they took 
they took all these cruises and it looks like they call it, say cohabitated together which I think means they just were renting hotel rooms or motel rooms. Uh, I was trying to figure that out. I didn't know what that meant. Okay, Howie Car Show coming up next. Don't go anywhere.